Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Lost people matter to God. Therefore, they must matter to you and to me. And they must matter with a sense of urgency. We don't know what tomorrow brings, or even if there will be a tomorrow. Christian Pro Football Hall of Fame professional Walter Payton was one of the most outstanding and beloved pro football players of all time. Peyton set records and obtained numerous awards. In fact, the NFL has created the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award to honor those that had exceptional character who make a significant difference in their communities. His faith reflected in many of the quotes. Remember, he once said, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. That saying was particularly relevant to Walter Payton since he had fewer tomorrows than most of us. Walter Payton died at the young age of 45 years old of a rare liver disease. Life is short. We must ignore the distractions of the world and focus on what is important. And focus on that today. People who recognize the urgency of today, God honors that as we pray. When we pray, God works through us and he works in us. Someday, this life will be over. The Lord will return like a thief in the night, is what your Bible tells you. Are you ready? Are the people in your life that are lost, are they ready to meet Jesus? Are you praying for them? Three important and closely related things to learn from today. God wants you to pray earnestly for the lost. God wants you to have a heart for the lost. God wants you to make time to effectively minister to the lost. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, I pray for each of us today, me, everyone here, and the sound of my voice, I pray, Father God, that you will help us to have a heart to earnestly pray for the lost. 
I pray, Lord, that you will give us a heart for what breaks your heart. Help us to see others through your eyes. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to make time to effectively minister to the lost. Use this message to change me and to change each of us. We ask these things, Jesus, in your holy name we pray. Amen. I love the morning hours. During the quietness of my morning, I am praying for my church family, for our pastors, for our leaders, individuals, families, children. I ask God to help you and me to represent him well in all circumstances. I always ask God to help us to reach the lost. In the quietness of my car as I'm driving, I pray for many. The person walking their dog, our police officers, first responders, our town council, the many people who I don't even know who they are. I drive by their houses and I'm praying for them. When I pull up beside of someone at the stoplight and I'm looking at them, they're looking at me. Well, I'm wondering, are they saved? And I'm praying for that person's salvation. I'm praying for God to bless their day. When I see an ambulance on the road, the lights are flashing, the sirens going off, I'm thinking of that person in need, yes, for their health needs, but I'm thinking and praying for their salvation. I'm praying for the drivers of the rescue squad, for their comfort and for their salvation. I'm praying for the person that's going to be greeting them in the emergency room. And I'm also praying for the person's family, that they'll have peace, that they'll have comfort, and that God will use this moment and time in their lives to draw them to him. In the morning hours, I pray Psalm 139, 23 through 24. I'm asking God to search my heart and point out anything to me that is unpleasing to him. I'm asking God to help me to see the lost through his eyes and to give me a heart for what breaks his heart. I pray for revival across our community. I pray for believers to become entirely surrendered to God's will. I pray for the lost to come to Jesus. The awareness that Jesus is coming again one day burns in my soul. And the urgency to rescue the lost is in my heart. My dear Thomas tells me it's in my blood. I am concerned about every person having a relationship with Jesus. I pray and I ask God to give me opportunities each day to put people in my life who need Jesus. Our mission across our campuses is transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. 
We need the transforming power of God in us to be our source in every situation. What we need in our families, in our workplace, with our friends, in our community, and in the world in which we live, and personally in our lives, is the transforming power of God. Only when we have been transformed from the inside out, only when our heart is transformed into God's image, only then can we bring hope to others. It begins with you and it begins with me. We must be transformed by God. That is the whole point of this teaching series that we're in. We must first be transformed to make a difference for God's glory. We're transformed so that we can reach others. That was our Lord's mission on earth, and it is ours. But the Lord is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to Jesus. You need hope. I need hope. This world needs hope. Not hope in material things, a job, money, education, a relationship, or who I am with my abilities, or even a ministry that you're involved in. We need the hope found in Jesus. He's the way maker, the one who gave his life so that we can choose everlasting life. He gave his life so you can be reconciled and redeemed, so you can have a relationship with him. When you are transformed, the Bible says, you can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4:13. God wants to use you to bring this hope to someone you know, and guess what? to strangers whom you're going to meet. The Lord is calling you and me to be light. I acknowledge evangelism. Yeah, that can be a scary subject. I mean, I've heard people say, that's not my personality. I don't feel comfortable telling people about Jesus. It's not my job. Matthew 28, 19 tells us, Go and make disciples of all nations. This call is for every believer in the world, including you. Not just the extrovert or someone who is experienced, or someone who feels comfortable doing it. It is a call to all who are transformed. Those who are transformed by God bring hope to others through Christ. We, we are the body of Christ, and God is calling you, and God is calling me, our church family, to reach the lost. We need each other to accomplish this mission. We are always 
better together. God is calling you, me, and our church family to reach the unbeliever. Please turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, and stand with me for the reading of God's word. Chapter 2, verse 1. I urge, then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. Verse 4 who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. You may be seated. Paul wrote 1 Timothy in about A.D. 64. It was probably just prior to his final Roman imprisonment. Paul is writing to Timothy, a young leader in the church, to give him encouragement, to give him leadership and instruction. And Paul is also writing to the church of 2022. All believers everywhere to give instructions. Paul emphasizes the importance of prayer. Why does Paul say in verse 1, first of all, when beginning his instructions on prayer? Well, it seems that Paul is immediately demonstrating the priority of prayer in the corporate world of the church. The word urge emphasizes even more the importance. Paul is informing the church to prioritize prayer as should all believers. Prayer for all people must be a priority in the church and in our private life. It has been said, prayer is not the preparation for the work. It is the great work. Prayer is the way that God has chosen to build his kingdom. God works through man's prayers and man's actions. And as we pray, God works in us and through us. Prayer is talking to Jesus, and it aligns our hearts with God's heart. Verses 1 and 2 says, Prayer of intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. These verses say all people, not just the people who you like, not just the people who look like you, or who agree with you. What we can discern from this verse is that all people need prayer. There is not one person we know who doesn't need constant grace from God, and therefore 
needs our prayers. It's not that you're a Republican or that you're a Democrat or that you're pro this or you're anti that or that you like the governor or you like the mayor. The Bible tells us to pray for all people. This is about praying for the person who is different than you. Perhaps those who have obvious sins in their lives, things that, you know, your natural self would have the tendency to judge, drug addiction, stealing, cheating, cussing, smoking, or that religious person in the congregation today. That person that is quick to judge everyone for their sin. But they can't see the log in their own eye. Sadly, our prayers tend to only focus on our friends, family, and maybe our church. We are to pray for the unbeliever and pray for the salvation of the lost. A church that is transformed by God brings hope to their community through Christ. We are in the midst of a series called 21st Evangelism. The church, you, me, we must be people who pray evangelistically. Now, I'm knowing this is a big surprise to y'all, but God has wired me to be an evangelist. But I realize that evangelism doesn't come naturally to everyone. It makes you nervous. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you afraid that someone might reject you. And I'm confident that it just isn't the topic around the dinner table. I get it completely. Evangelism is a churchy word. People often think of the people that are two together door knocking. Or you think of the crusades in the days of Billy Graham. Or Steve Wingfield, who is a modern day evangelist. Maybe you think it's about standing on the street corner in Virginia Beach and shouting to the top of your lungs. Or that the pastor is required to do that and not you. Maybe, maybe you think that. My husband has told me through the years that he isn't an evangelist. However, I have come to watch him actively share his faith in relationships with people who God has given him favor with. Evangelism is organic. It's personal. It happens when you pray for the lost. The series is challenging us to go to every person accepting the call of God on your life. 
You have your own personal sphere of influence, your family, your friends, your co-workers, and the people you will meet along the journey of life. There are many people in your life who need the hope of Jesus Christ. Some know they need him, and others do not know. Verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. The fact that Paul challenges them to pray for all people's salvation implies that they were not doing so or that they struggled in this particular area. Sadly, this manifests itself in various ways in today's contemporary churches. They become Christian clubs concerned only with themselves and therefore stop evangelizing and praying evangelistically for the lost. We should avoid this ingrown focus at all costs. God desires for all to be saved. Jesus gave himself on the cross as a ransom for all people, the good and the bad. He answers our prayers when we pray for the lost. I know of many salvation stories of people who someone prayed for them. I'll share two stories. Sandy and Steve Lucas, they're normally in first service. They were here today. They called me on January 31st, 2016. It was a cold, icy, snowy night. Sandy told me that Steve's daddy, Buddy, had been diagnosed with cancer. He was 92 years old. Buddy was cold against God, and he wasn't a nice person. They asked me if I would go visit Buddy. The roads were so bad that Thomas drove me to visit Buddy that night. Thomas stayed in the car with the engine running, and I went in to meet Buddy for the very first time. Buddy wanted to know what the H-E-L-L was I doing at his house? He made it clear to me that evening that he wasn't afraid of dying, he wasn't afraid of hell, and he told me I've made it on my own all these years and I will make it in hell without any help. We talked. And when it was time for me to leave, I told Buddy that I wanted to pray for him and that his family had been praying for him to turn to Jesus for many years. He let me pray, and afterwards he thanked me for coming to visit. Buddy fell the very next day and was taken to the emergency room. I went to visit him at the hospital. He remembered meeting me just the night before. He was glad to see me. Thus began my journey with Buddy. He never returned to his home. 
upon his release, he was moved to a nursing home. I visited Buddy regularly over the next six months. And while I was getting to know Buddy, I listened to him talk, and God gave me favor to share about Jesus. I read the Bible to Buddy. I had opportunities to explain the Bible verses, the parables. I sang hymns to Buddy. We prayed together. Now, you're probably wondering, why am I telling you about Buddy? Where does that fit in today's message, right? Well, I'm going to tell you. See, Sandy and Steve prayed for Buddy for 40 years. We must not give up. We must pray for lost people. Buddy had never accepted Jesus. But before Buddy died, he accepted Jesus as Lord of his life. Buddy decided that he wanted to be baptized. So I held a church service in his nursing room, invited his family, and I baptized Buddy. And while I was praying for Buddy and for his family, his daughter, Joanne, Steve's sister, she accepted Jesus. Buddy was a different man after asking Jesus to come live in his heart. I became Buddy's dear friend. And I know that I will see him in heaven. Steve's sister... Steve's sister, Joanne, she's in church. She's serving the Lord. And she has taken her granddaughter to church with her. Hallelujah. You see, as we pray, God works. The second person is Shannon Smith, who goes to church with us. She's normally in this service. Shannon's home uh, sick today. She wanted to be here today. I first met Shannon through her Aunt Kathy, who is my childhood friend. Her Aunt Kathy began praying for Shannon when Shannon was a rebel teenager. And I've asked Shannon for her permission to share the story. Shannon told me, Pastor Terry, you can share anything about me if it will help someone to turn to Jesus. Kathy's son, Josh, died at the age of 20 in a car accident in 2010. During the family's visitation, I met Shannon. Kathy asked me to pray for her niece, and I began to pray for Shannon faithfully. I later met Shannon again when her mom was dying of cancer. I led her mom to Christ in the hospital room shortly before she died. And through the years, Shannon has had encounters with the law, suffered with alcohol, drugs, and cigarette addiction. God reconnected us several years ago when she returned home from jail. I remember telling Shannon that I had been praying for her since her Aunt Kathy asked me to start praying in 2010. During the last several years, Shannon has sought constant help at the hospital and treatment centers for her alcohol addiction. 
She called me many times in the middle of the night on the telephone. There were times I drove Shannon to the hospital for help, and I even slept in the car during the night when COVID was going on and she was being seen in the emergency room. I remember when Shannon accepted Jesus in her life and she asked God to forgive her of her sins and to turn from the past and go forward for Jesus. I remember that day. Shannon has been clean for eight months. She was baptized in February of 2022. Shannon served during our winter retreat. She's on our hospitality team, and she recently served during VBS, and she is attending Celebrate Recovery. You might notice Shannon recently had knee surgery. It would be easy for her to stay home, but she has found a friend to drive her to church. And guess what? Shannon drives from Briary Branch, Dayton, Virginia, to this campus. If you would like to talk with Shannon and ask her to share more of her story, uh, she has given complete permission to do that. She would love the opportunity to share how God loved her for who she was. And he loved her so much, he wasn't going to allow her to stay that old person. God heard the prayers of praying people, and he answered. Shannon is a new person in Christ. This message makes me think, about these questions. They're personal. Have you put your faith in Christ? Or will you die in your sins, never knowing the forgiving grace of the Lord? Are you a mouth believer, but not truly transformed by the hope of Jesus, transformed so that it's not just about you, Transform so that you are praying for the lost, transformed from the inside out. Are you distracted with earthly things and not heavenly ones? Where's your thoughts? If we really care about lost people, then we must pray for all people and say, Dear Father, Please help me to see others through your eyes. I mean, if you're here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart to surrender your life to Jesus, that's not anything to be ashamed of. That is the most important thing that you can ever do, to ask Jesus to forgive you and to come live in your heart. There is no better time then now, someone, someone has been praying for you, for your salvation. And the Holy Spirit is whispering to you now, come to Jesus.
I want us to pray. I want all eyes closed, heads bowed. Dear Lord, you're here in this place. Thank you, Father, for the power of your Holy Spirit living in us. We are transformed people. And we thank you, Father, that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. God, there are people in this room today that desire to be more than a mouth believer. They desire, Father, to die to their sins and to receive your saving grace. Oh, Jesus, you are our good shepherd. You care about every lamb. If you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, or you realize today that you have fallen away, today you can come home. Today you can choose Jesus. Someone has been praying for you. Just slip your hand up and say, Jesus, come live in my heart. Have your way with me. I need you, Jesus. Emmanuel, help me. Help us to pray. To pray for all people. Life passes so quickly. We're not promised tomorrow. Wonderful counselor, please help us not to be distracted by the things of the world, things that are good, but they're not your best. Oh, Father, please direct our thoughts. Help us to have the attitude of Christ in all circumstances. Help me, help my church family to be transformed by you so that we will bring hope to this community. If that is you, and you're truly desiring to be transformed by God from the inside out, that today it's not a question of if you're a believer. Today you put the stake in the ground that you're committing to pray for all people, including the lost. Just slip up your hand. Just say you're going to pray for the lost. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, around the sanctuary. Thank you, Father God. Oh, Lord, urgency is for us to pray without ceasing for all people. Help us, God. We need your help. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Give people the most important thing that we have, and that's prayer. Share your faith with others who might not know Jesus Christ and his redeeming grace. Remember, after all, we're called to be disciples. It's our life purpose before he calls us home. Be certain to pray. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at C-O-T-N-A-Z 
www.ebcbaptistchurch.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.